Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Teal Expert Podcast, where I'm Dr. Kelly Evans-Wilson, your food allergy coach, and we provide insights into all things related to food allergies. Um, as the Teal Expert, my goal is to provide you with authentic expertise and guidance in navigating the food allergy world. As the mom of a daughter with life-threatening food allergies, I've been navigating this world for 18, almost 19 years. Um, I'm a researcher and an educator. So today we're gonna talk about the three A's of food allergies. Um, adapting, acceptance, and attitude are my three A's. So if you kind of think back, uh, uh, this season, we've been talking about skills that you need to navigate the food allergy world. Um, and one of our first episodes this season was, was my daughter, Emma, joining us and asking her about the three skills that she said she needed um, and someone needs to navigate the food allergy world. And she talked about being adaptable. She talked about... Um, recognizing or accepting that you are going to feel left out and then having fun, you know, kind of uh, just this is this is the what I've been given. And so we're going to kind of have fun with this food allergy as best we can. So those um, those skills keep resonating in my head. I keep reflecting about those. I also keep reflecting on, if you remember in our first season, we talked about Teddy Roosevelt's quote of, of being in the arena. Um, so meaning we've got to stay involved, engaged. So I, I keep thinking about those and then thinking about Emma's the skills that she said um, someone needs. Uh, so I kind of took hers and I, I, I tweaked the words a little bit and, and started with the, kept with the A theme. So, so we're going to talk about kind of what Emma started and then, you know, transitioning those into, into the three A's. So the first one, you know, she talked about um, um, being adaptable. Um, and so one of the ways I, I, I want to think about being adaptable is, um, you know, there, there are really significant uh, economic and racial disparities when it comes to addressing food allergies. So, so we really need to figure out how to adapt as a country, as a, um, as a world, um, with the challenges. If you've ever been shopping for for foods, you know that you know they can be extensively, the prices can be can be quite high to eat foods that you know are free of different allergens. Um, and from the racial disparities side, there's there's research that shows that black children are seven percent more likely to have food allergies compared to white children. Um, they're also diagnosed less frequently, receive less medical care, and more likely to experience anaphylaxis. So we need to really think about as a country, how do we need to adapt our, our economic policies? How do we need to adapt um, services that we provide in our community? So a couple of ways to think about that and, and to make you aware, there's a group called the Food Equity Initiative, FEI, and there are a nonprofit that's really that was established to support low income food allergy um, research and uh, provide safe gluten free um, options for for folks. So FEI, Emily Brown is their director and just a, a really 
wonderful person who is using her voice um, to talk about some of the racial and economic disparities with food allergies. So FEI is the organization. I'd encourage you to check it out. Um, and really one of the things they do is really advise food pantries um, on some policies, things that they can do to make sure they're meeting the needs of the food allergy community. So one of the things she um, talks about is, you know, we're familiar with summer feeding programs, summer nutrition programs. You know, think about how those programs meet the needs of individuals with, with food allergies. So a lot of times it's very difficult for those sites to offer meals for anyone with special dietary needs. So, I mean, it's really critical that we provide resources. You know, often those programs are reimbursed from the federal level. We need to make sure that those reimbursements uh, for meals really meet the needs of, uh, of individuals, especially our senior population and our children. So, um, so, so be aware, kind of think about how we could adapt to adapt those federal programs to meet the needs um, of those with dietary, uh, special dietary needs. Another program to think about is the Emergency Food Assistance Program. Um, they, you know, fail to offer food that really is free of the top nine allergens. We'll talk about sesame here in a little bit of adding that. Um, so we really need to think about how the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Food and Nutrition Services, how they provide what their policies are um, on providing foods that are labeled properly and pr that are free of allergens. Another program to think about um, is the WIC, the Women, Infants, and Children Supplemental Nutrition Program. They do not accommodate those with food allergies or celiac. So, you know, we need to make sure we need to talk to our elected officials about how to change that to make sure, you know, they will provide foods that can accommodate those with food allergies. And then thinking along, you know, with the pandemic, there's been so much conversation about and so much so many times when food pantries are providing, um, you know, much needed food for the citizens of our communities, um, but how are they able to meet the needs of those with, with food allergies or special dietary needs? You know, a lot of times, especially during this pandemic, you know, they're kind of reducing the choice that's available. Um, so it, so it, but those with food allergies really struggle. And, and we had this experience. There was one time in our local food pantry, uh, we were doing kind of a backpack program. And I'm looking at the foods that we're putting in the backpack. And there was absolutely nothing that if my daughter was given that backpack of food to take home, there was absolutely nothing that she could have eaten in that the food that was provided. So, so thinking about your food pantries and what what resources, what food they have um, that would be that would be able to provide for those with special dietary needs. So just kind of thinking about that, how do we need to adapt? You know, we're doing some great services in our country and in our communities, but how do we need to maybe adapt those to meet individuals with food allergies? So, so think about those uh, this week. Kind of the next word, Emma talked about Kind of accepting that you were that you're going to kind of feel left out. I really kind of took change the way I thought about accept, and you know it's acceptance, but it's also 
we have accepted the responsibility to really take the opportunity to educate people about food allergies. So we're kind of, you know, we, we've accepted it. We, we're going to take this on, um, but in a, in a positive light. So, so one of the ways to do that is uh, this last year, the food, the FASTER Act, you might've heard, heard of it, the Food Allergy Safety Treatment and Education uh, and Research Act was put before Congress um, did a couple of things. One of the, the things, the goal was to add sesame to our, our top, top, make it a top nine, move from the top eight to top nine, add sesame to that list, and then really require the federal government to analyze and provide research opportunities to scientists for more effective treatments for food allergies. Right now, the federal government spends just 19 cents uh, a person on research. And when you have 32 million people with food allergies, uh, you know, the government has the best opportunity to, to provide funds to, uh, to, find, to fund some research, to find cures, to find treatments. So this FASTER Act actually passed the House and Senate in late 2020, uh, was not able to get for a full vote um, before the legislative calendar ran out at the end of 2020. But there are plans to, to reintroduce it here in the coming months um, to move that, legislative, that legislation forward. And actually the food allergy fair that I've talked about quite a, quite a bit, Food Allergy Research and Education Organization, has an advocacy day in March um, and so if you go to foodallergy.org, you can find information out about uh, their legislative day. And again, we're really, you know, accepting that we have this responsibility and this opportunity to, to educate our legislators and others about food allergies um, and, and talking to them about ways we can adapt our economic policies to really address the disparities that take place um, you know, both economically and racially when it comes to food allergies. So we're adapting, we're accepting. And then the third A is our attitude. You know, Emma talked about having fun. And, you know, that's really what, uh, you know, we can, as I tell my kids, we there's a lot of things outside of our control, but we can control our work ethic and we can control our attitude. So we need to approach um, every day uh, kind of with that positive attitude, and I, I was thinking about this, you know, we celebrated Valentine's Day on Sunday and, you know, you talk about getting chocolate and candies. But for those with food allergies, that's, that's not a gift that, that they want. So, you know, just like we talked about at Halloween with the Teal Pumpkin Project, you know, you got to kind of have a fun attitude. And how do we how do we turn this as a teachable moment? How do we turn Valentine's Day instead of just about chocolate and candies? How can we talk about it um, and, and give gifts that are not food centric? So um, and, but use the, the holiday as an opportunity to to kind of have that conversation with those that are navigating the food allergy world. You know, hey, what what would you like? Is it flowers? Is it a, you know, some kind of stuffed animal? Is it, you know, whatever the case may be, but but really have a positive attitude about that. Just like we had at Halloween, have a positive attitude about Valentine's Day, any other holidays, class, uh, you know, class parties uh, that you're having, but have this, you know, have an, have a positive attitude. So those are our three A's that we're going to think about, you know, as we think about our action item for this coming week. 
think about being adaptable, accepting the opportunity, and having a positive attitude. As you are walking the food allergy world, as you are supporting someone you love who has food allergies, and then for all of us, you know, those are three things just as we navigate life in general. You know, we've got to be adaptable. We've got to accept some things and use them as an opportunity to to educate and have a positive attitude while we're doing that. So I appreciate your time. I'm most grateful um, that you spend 10 minutes with me on Tuesdays. I'm Dr. Kelly Evans-Wilson, the teal expert. Um, Have a great week and I'll see you next Tuesday.